One of the best poems I ever read was by Dave Smith, who these days works occasionally with the Swanee Writers Conference. Now, before I go any further, do not worry. This is not going to be one of those 1950s-era sermons that were written according to the template that all good sermons ought to have three points and a poem. That method of sermon construction probably ran off more potential churchgoers than we will ever be able to count. What I will simply say about that poem is that it was entitled, Your Christmas Present. And the poem's Christmas present as described moved me so much that the referenced present eventually turned into the actual Christmas present that I gave to some close friends. That year, I did not give them a Christmas card. I merely handed the present to them as I read the poem. That was 30 years ago, and the evening still stands out. What made that poem powerful is the same thing that makes a great novel powerful. Such writing is never simply fictitious words on paper. Instead, great writing holds a mirror up to the reader, says something truth-filled about the person who is reading the page, so truth-filled that the reader's life has the chance to be changed. It's also why great writing is sometimes objected to it gets too close to home. It's the same with Holy Scripture. Some of you have heard me say that Scripture remains holy precisely because even 2,000 or more years after it was written, the words in the sacred text are about us and the complicated lives that we lead. And it is in reading those texts that we find God in our very messy lives. It wasn't only Adam and Eve who ate the apple. We also taste one every day. Religious people miss the boat entirely when getting into arguments over whether something in Holy Scripture factually happened or did not. That's not why it was written. Instead, the focus should be about the greater truth of Scripture being acted out in our lives right now. Even the Bible itself reminds us of this truth. If you want a clear example in Scripture itself, look at today's reading from the book of Acts. The story is trying to tell us something about the ongoing relevance of Holy Scripture in our lives. And here's what I mean. In the lesson, don't worry about some of those details of how it is that baptismal water is amazingly found in the middle of the day in the wilderness or how it is that Philip could get whisked onto the scene and then miraculously snatched out of the picture. Debating those sorts of points is what biblical literalists might obsess over, and it's what has given Christianity an irrelevance in the minds of many people. Instead, let's focus on the relationship between the reading from Isaiah, written hundreds of years earlier than the event described, and the person who was reading it. The reader was a eunuch who, even though apparently entrusted with managing a royal estate, and even though interested enough in religion to go to Jerusalem to worship, would have been told in Jerusalem that he was unable to participate fully in worship because of who he was physically. Go read Leviticus sometime. 
He has just left a city where he would have suffered shame and rejection. The writer of the book of Acts is asking us readers to look at what this eunuch reads. And here are the quotes. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. His life is taken away from the earth. And then look at the question to Philip. Does the prophet say this about himself or someone else? The eunuch deep down inside himself wants to know if this 500-year-old story is about him. And the answer can be nothing other than, yes, this scripture is holy precisely because it's talking about you and your less than perfect life. That life and God's love for you is precisely what this scripture is indeed about. No wonder he wanted to be baptized into a community of disciples that held the promise that he would no longer be rejected. And it still happens. Holy Scripture is still about us. In fact, it is essential to the Christian story in this Easter season. The story of the disciples after the awful events of Good Friday is actually about us as we read those stories the same way the eunuch read from Isaiah. We go about our disjointed and broken lives, often suffering rejection and reeling from unexpected turns that life gives us, even, for example, when we try to do the right thing, as the eunuch did by going to Jerusalem to worship and as Jesus did during his ministry. It can be death-dealing. And then something unexpected happens after things get as bad as they can get. Now here is where this sermon begins to travel in two different directions. One direction is the good news that we are loved by God even if the people around us reject us. That is a clear Easter message. Even death can't separate us from God's love. That's the sort of message that makes us good Episcopalians in the pews feel, well, good about being Episcopalians. We love being countercultural, especially in Arkansas. But the embarrassing thing is that by so many standards of this world, the people in our pews are not being rejected. The other direction is more uncomfortable for those of us on the inside of the church. Are we really willing to act like Philip and head out into the wilderness and proclaim good news through both word and example? Are we willing to spend the time to tell people whom we may not even know very well that Holy Scripture is about them? Are we willing to be evangelists, to use a word of which we are often so frightened? I'll be honest and say that as a bishop, I tell myself that I've got more important things to do. You know, all that administrative stuff. I don't have the time to head into the bad parts of Little Rock, the city where I live, and sit with black people after someone has died from an overdose. Or sit in a Latino community after yet one more family member has been sent back across the border. I'm too busy, I tell myself. But in the end, 
That's all that Philip is doing in this lesson, being ready to show by word and example the good news. And as such, that lesson is also now about us on the inside of the church and our responsibility to be evangelists as much as it is about people on the outside of the church and a desire for acceptance. If you're coming to be baptized or confirmed today, that's the request. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news and will you serve Christ in all persons? Would you be willing in a moment to be given the name of Philip? Never forget that Holy Scripture is always about us. It's not simply some historical or pseudo-historical set of words about various people. Will we ever read Scripture and find our own selves made whole when we realize that God does not reject us? And just as importantly, will we proclaim and serve everyone in the name of the risen Christ? If we do so, the church has a future. In the end, is the story we heard from Acts today about us as the eunuch or about us as Philip? I think the answer is yes. Amen.